dealing with one another. We won't be dealing in a series with one another, but we will be dealing with one another at our annual candlelight Christmas Eve service next Sunday evening. But tonight we want to look at this aspect of comforting one another. And many of these that we have looked at recently really kind of overlap each other. We've, we've looked at the aspect of loving one another and comforting one another would come under the umbrella of, of loving one another. We've seen the aspect of praying for one another. And indeed, praying for someone is comforting them as well. But you notice 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 3, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also aboundeth by Christ. And whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is effectual in the enduring of the same suffering which we also suffer. For whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. And our hope of you is steadfast, knowing that as ye are partakers of the sufferings, so ye, so shall ye be also of the consolation. So there's a lot of the comfort with you, comfort. You have been comforted, comfort others also, and a lot of comfort, and it's easy to get it mixed up in, in these verses. And, and he says the, the afflictions that you've had, the consolation that you've received or that we've had is for your good. And basically what, what Paul is saying here is whatever you have been through in life, you as a believer, should have been comforted by God in that. Now go and use that to comfort others also. God's work, he never intends them to be ending with us. Anything God does in us, he doesn't want us to be a a pond with no outlet. The water becomes stagnant in that. He wants to give to us so that we can in turn give to others. And and that tells us several things. Number one, God has a purpose for everything that has happened in your life. Everything that happens in our life. And I understand there are many people that have had some really bad things happen in their life. But God is able to use that and make that work together for good. And he is able to to take what God intended for evil and make it for good. And he wants to provide comfort in recovery from that. And in so doing, then he wants our lives to be instrumental in the lives of others. As I said, 
many, many of you have experienced some some very, very difficult, difficult situations in life. Some, you may have experienced things that no one else even knows about. But God has a purpose for everything that's happened in our life, and not just to provide comfort for us. God provides grace or comfort for every situation in life. We've, we've talked about this often. We're never going to be able to say, God, here's a situation, and you did not give me the grace for this. You did not give me the wherewithal to respond to this. Um, no, he provides grace for every situation. And, and as I said, um, we cannot fully imagine some of the things that individuals that, that we know have had to deal with in life. But it is great comfort to know that God can take that and make it work together for good and that God provides grace or comfort for every situation. And our capacity to comfort others is directly tied to our personal walk with God. So, here's a very difficult situation that we come into. We know God gives His grace. My appropriating, applying God's grace to my situation in life will be directly directly tied to my personal walk with God. If I, if I, run to God and cast my care upon Him and and saturate in His Word, I will be experiencing God's grace. And as we experience God's grace, then we can know victory. And when we know victory, as we build our personal walk with God, then God will lead us to other people that have experienced similar things And we are able to share what God did in our lives and point them to Christ and be an encouragement to them. This is how God intended life to be. That we come along and we provide a comfort. There there are individuals that are in the depths of despair, in the hole of no hope, that they, they believe there is no light. And you have been in a similar hole, so to speak. And, and you have come over the time. It's not like just pow one thing and you're out of it. You have seen God's grace applied in your life and you can come along and in this hole of despair, as Pilgrim's Progress says, the pit of despair, you are able to drop them the rope of comfort This is what God did in my life. I was in, in some cases, the exact same pit. Or I was in a similar thing. And believe me, God's Word is true. And He can do for you what He's done for me and what He's done for others. And yet, it is important that we come 
to appropriate God's grace through our personal walk with God. And then, secondly, that we offer up our life to God and say, God, this that you've allowed into my life, that you have brought into my life, I now offer it to you. If you can use it in anyone's life, I'm willing. Every one of us here tonight have things that have come into our life that if we could go back and, and take things out of our life and put different things in their place, there would be things that we would change. But God is sovereign and he says that may have come into your life because of the sin of someone else. It may have come into your life just because we live in a sin-cursed world. It may have come into your life because of of foolish decisions that you made. But God says, would you lay it all out here on the table for me? I'll give your grace and, and we can still make a trophy of God's grace that you can then go and not just have a, oh, thank you, Lord, you brought healing. But God then said, as he said in this passage, the comfort by which you have been comforted, that you are able also to go and comfort others also. So he's telling us here that every one of us have a life message. And, and to realize God is building in you a life message. He is, he is, uh, Written an epistle. You are an epistle written of God. And he is building this life message in you. But in order to develop our life message, we must do three things. Number one, we must own it. Yep, this is my life. This is what has happened in my life. Um, Many times... We, we hide the failures of our life. God always uses failures. If he didn't, he wouldn't use any of us. We have all failed over and over and over again. And, and the failures show God's grace and God's power. Paul said, when I am weak, then am I strong. But see, it's easy for us to get where, where we want to plaster this life, these pieces back together and put this veneer over it. Look at me. I've got everything together. But, you know, people that don't have everything together think there's no hope for me because I've never had it together. Well, you know what? None of us have it all together. And the longer I live, the less together I have it. And when I think I have it together, I don't remember where I put it, so I don't have it together. But the reality is, rather than hiding, and many times we want to bury these things. I'm not saying plastered on a billboard or anything like that. But the reality is, is saying, yep, this is what you put in my life, God. This is what I've put in and you've allowed. This is what... This is what my life is made of. We can't go back and, and change the, 
the events that are already there. That's part of the message of our life. And we say, well, God, I didn't want a message like that. God's sovereign. He's in control. Okay, here it is, God. I own it. I am not going to quit hiding it. I'm, And again, I don't mean just go blab it, but say to God, here it is. I'm willing to use it for your glory and to own it. Secondly, we need to identify it. By that I mean what caused it. What may be the purpose why God allowed this in my life? What were my responses to it? Did I respond respond right to it? Or was my response wrong? What were the cause and effects of this in my life? What should I have done differently? In other words, to sit down and just kind of ask God, Okay, God, help me to see this from your perspective. This that has come into my life, help me to see it. I mean, what did I do to cause it? How should I have I responded? What do I need to do? Do I need to go back and... And uh, seek forgiveness from anyone. Do I need to make things right? This is this is my life message. I need to identify what what led to this. Sometimes it's you know what I became lackadaisical in my walk with the Lord, and this was a wake up call that God brought into my life. Or it maybe it wasn't anything that you did, but here was something that somebody else did. And you're a part of it, if you please. I mean, you know, as as you have family and extended family and relationships. I mean, just relationships are are messy, aren't they? And some of you have this cloud hanging over you. Of you better believe it. Next week at this time, we're going to be in relationships, and they call it Christmas, and it's, yay, you know. But the reality is that God has called us to relationships. And, okay, God, um, I help me identify what, what is your purpose for this. You know, some, sometimes it's, it's um it might just for example it might be an injury okay why did this happen well you know the logistics you stepped in a hole and your ankle went snap and the logistics why didn't god prevent that because you live in a sin cursed earth and you aren't the bionic man or whatever you know okay so that happened what is God trying to teach me through this? Well, one, for example, man, I have lived a lot of days where I was able to walk without my ankle hurting, and I never gave thanks to him once for that. Or, I, or whatever it is. There are things God wants to teach us through these things, and we need to identify it. And so whatever God brings into our life, I mean, this has been, a, I've probably shared this before, 
Years ago, I was changing oil on my 1964 Ford Fairlane station wagon, manual shift on the column. I just said some things that some of these young kids don't have a clue what it is, all right? 1964 is what they don't have a clue about. The oil filter wouldn't come off. I drove a screwdriver through that thing and was pounding on it, and and I was mad, and the Spirit of God said, did you pray about it? No. Why do you need to pray about changing oil? Duh, look at this. There is hardly a time that I change oil, even on a mower, that I don't say, God help me. Why did God put that in my life? He's trying to teach dependence upon him. Simple thing. This is now part of my life message. I mean, (laughs) I had a brother that, that had a pretty nice car and the door wasn't shutting exactly the way he wanted it to and, and, Younger brothers learn a lot from older siblings' stupidity, you know what I mean? We should, anyway. And he worked on that all afternoon. He wasn't getting it just the way he wanted. And I remember him slamming that door and kicking it. And I thought, you were worried about it not shutting just right. And now you're, you're just destroying this thing, you know? And I'm thinking, man, that doesn't make any sense. Why did God give me a brother like that? To learn. I mean, every simple little thing. It's not a coincidence. You have the siblings. I was going to ask, how many of you have some really weird siblings? Don't raise your hand. I I caught myself before I went there, all right? Because some of them might be sitting here. Betty and Verna are back there whispering to themselves, right? (laughs) It's not a coincidence you were put in the family. Some of you have been put in really good families, some really bad families, humanly speaking. It's not a coincidence. God is building a life message, and he wants to use you, and he's given experiences, and some are bad experiences. But we have to get the grace of God to be able to walk in victory so that then we can comfort others. And this is what this is what God designed. So we own it, we identify it, and we use it. So God ministers in your life. You run into others, similar situations. You tell them personally what you have seen God do, and you use it to build the faith of others. Comforting others is not just listening to them. It is not just saying, oh, that's too bad. It is not just hugging them. I'm not saying you shouldn't do any of those. But it has to be much more than that. It's taking the way we have been comforted. So it, the responsibility is on us. We're going through this. I need God's comfort. God, I cry out to you. I call to you. I depend on you. God, I need your comfort through your word. And as God ministers his comfort, then he's equipping you. 
He's empowering you and he's saying, here's a message. Let's see, where do I want this message shared? And he says, the consolation with which you have been comforted to go and comfort others also. See, we can have great boldness when we know that someday the people we are comforting will thank us for what we told them because it is truth. You know what? You may run into situations where they reject it. Ah, that's not going to work. I've tried Jesus and that's not going to work. Or I don't, I've, I've lost faith. And what, when you speak truth to them, someday, it may be too late, but someday they will acknowledge it. And hopefully, before it's too late, they will come to acknowledge it. But we don't do it so they acknowledge it. We want to lift people out of the despair that Satan wants to get so many people in. And you cannot imagine how many Christians in our land today are in despair and comfortless. One, because they've neglected their personal walk with God. And two, because we're not ministering comfort one to another. So I don't know what uh, I don't know all the things God has put into your life. But some of those hard things you may need to come back and rather than than getting bitter about it, rather than just trying to deny it or ignore it and act like I'm just going to go on, I'm not no looking back. And we may even quote scripture, forgetting those things which are behind, I behind, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high call. It's not, it's not Paul forgot everything that happened in his life. He said, God, if you can use it in any way. And, and he did. And so we own it, we identify it, and we're willing to use it. Our testimony is not just about how we came to know Christ as Savior. Our testimony should always be growing and developing because our experience with God should always be growing and developing. And and that growth and that development should always be happening so that we can say, you know what? I was in a similar situation, and I can remember in that situation, man, God taught me so much, and this is how he helped me, And or, you know what, this passage was a real blessing to me. I just encourage you to read it. It's not just, God, would you provide comfort for me? So, whew, man, that was a mess. Thank you, Lord. But so then we can go and provide real flesh and blood testimonies of God's comfort because God has given us his word and he wants us to be the flesh and blood of that word working out of our lives. So I don't know, as I said, I don't know all the things that God has put in your life, but own it. Say, God... 
There's no denying it. And I've been trying to act like this didn't happen. I have seen over and over again people that that own what God has put in their life or allowed in their life, however you want to look at it. They're able to go on and grow, and those that don't, it's like they're they're plateaued. They they lose their joy. And God God is making a great message in your life if we let him. Heavenly Father, I pray tonight that you would help each of us here tonight to know the comfort of you in our affliction. Lord, undoubtedly, there are individuals here tonight that have experienced some, some horrific things. And Lord, we don't have an answer into all the whys, but Lord, we do know that you provide your grace, you are able to make all things work together for good, and you desire to bring comfort so that we can comfort others also with the comfort you have given us. So I pray that not only would we own it, but Lord, that you would help us to identify cause and effect, help us to identify perhaps your purpose, and help us to rest in the fact, if we're not able right at this time, to identify your purpose. And Lord, I pray that we'd be willing to allow you to use what you've put in our lives to help others also in bringing comfort, to come alongside, and to lift up and help. Lord, may the body be stronger as a result of us walking in these truths. We pray in Jesus' name with thanksgiving. Amen.